welcome back to the latest episode of the Master of None podcast. I am your host, as always, Stephen Murphy, back with the rugby crew of Westy and Sam. Uh, different uh, Westy's on top of my screen now this time. Normally it's Sam and then Westy, but Westy joined first. That just shows you how little you joined first, Westy. You're always on the bottom. So, uh, but yeah, Westy, power speaking bottom. of... Power <laughs> Yeah, always said. Power bottom. He generates uh, power from underneath. <laughs> <laughs> He's got great glutes. Beat the name of the game. Yeah. <laughs> Fast twitch muscles, that's what they call it. That is Westy, <laughs> summed up. Uh, but we're here to talk, not about Connacht, but Ireland rugby. International rugby's back. Definitely not about Connacht. No, uh, well, a little, tiny little fraction of it is about More Connacht. so than Ulster. Poor, yeah. Madly. No, poor. We'll, we'll get into that. Sam, first of all, how are you? Yeah, doing good now. Uh, Did your computer just make a noise? How unprofessional. I'm trying, I was turning up the volume. I was trying to be sly about auto-updates, are you? <laughs> oh man once uh once they were using my computer to display the like the powerpoint that was going on in the background of the battle of the bands in school and the norton antivirus thing popped up midway through like it was like scanning and i was like oh god don't show us nothing that. nothing is more rock and roll than taking care of your computer that is for sure <laughs> but uh no yeah good going uh going to the match on saturday with westy so long as he gets the old all clear now tomorrow so fingers crossed uh, just to clarify covid not nothing sexual westy's all clear <laughs> westy's all clear westy's on that always clear we know that westy is very safe, safe, <laughs> safe. i don't like the way this conversation is going <laughs> oh no, yeah we'll, we'll nip that we'll nip that right in the bud <laughs> just uh, stop that. westy how are you uh yeah i'm i'm really good i'm great but everybody uh, I know seems to have COVID. So I've gone for a PCR test just to put my mind at ease. Um, I have a match tomorrow as well. So you just want to make sure that you're in proper yeah, condition. You don't want to get tackled by Westy, come off second best and get COVID. Because <laughs> yeah, Westy is known when he tackles, he also licks your face. That's kind of part of the tackle that's my thing. for Westy. Yeah. Yeah, it's, kind it's of a psychological stunt. battle, you know? It's like the old age, all of the uh, old school props, this thing will know the old tricks of. Uh, licking the face of the person that the you're dark uh, arts. Against. Yeah. <laughs> what was what was your dark arts again? Just tackle Westy off the ball. Oh, <laughs> that's a that's a that's a separate podcast on its own. Uh, <laughs> we can tell that maybe at a later stage. Maybe if we ever do a live show, Westy, we'll we'll tell that bad boy of a story. You know, it's frustrating when you're on a team that's being beaten by a much better team. Sometimes you just want to take out the best player. I know, I know, I've been there, Steve. No, I know. Oh, yeah, we're getting, don't don't give it don't give it all away. Okay, all I'll say is I'm innocent until proven guilty. Uh, we'll we'll get stuck in Ireland. Are playing Japan uh, Saturday. Um, just you know, one thing for sure: Ireland always always play Japan well. Do you know what I mean? Not a bogey team at all, which is great going into this. Uh, but we we'll go. Uh, we'll talk about squad. The team first was announced today. Uh, I'll just go quickly through it. We can then we can get talking about it because fans are split, which is. Not uncommon these days with Irish rugby, but we'll go uh, for forwards first. We've got Porter, Callagher, Furlong, uh, which is pretty you know strong starting uh, front row. Tyburn, James Ryan, uh, Doris, Van der Flair and Conan, which I really like as a back row. Great to see Doris back too. Uh, we've got Gibson Park and Sexton 9-10, which is probably... Gibson Park definitely come under some fire today. Uh, we've got James Lowe and Conway on the wings, and then our, our very own Bundyaki and Gary Ringrose in the centre, and then Hugo Keenan full-back. Replacements, we've got Dan Sheehan, who's going to make his first appearance for Ireland, which is great. Keen Healy, Finley Beelham. Um, we've got Ian Henderson, Peter O'Mahony, Conor Murray, Joel Carberry, and Keith Earl. So we'll get stuck into that. Westy, it's, it's been back, or it's been uh, Marmite. You either love that or you hate that team. Where do you fall on it? Well, I'm not really from Leinster, so watching Leinster play Japan doesn't appeal to me that much. Um, <laughs> oh, we're getting stuck in. I love it. Love it. No, look, I, I think, well, look, there is an issue of representation, right? Ulster, who are arguably still the second best team in the country, do not have a representative in the starting 15, which is kind of shocking. Um, but, yeah, I think... It, I think Sam said before we came on, it's kind of a predictable team. Like, although I think it's one of the strongest teams that we could pick, I'm not, there's nobody on the team necessarily that excites me that much. I think it's very much a team of we're playing the All Blacks in two weeks. Let's get a run out together first. You know, they're, they're taking this as the All Blacks in, in the first game. They're not going to put out a slightly weaker team and then bring the big guns back for New Zealand. They're, they're using this as a, this is, this is the team I expect to play the All Blacks. Maybe one or two changes based on injury or based on how they play, but I don't envision there being much change over the weekend. Also, we've, you know, Japan have beaten us and run us pretty close over the last few years, so it's 
by no means a, a you know a game that we can take too lightly. Although again, I, I think it's always a bit of a wasted opportunity on internationals if there's not some experimentation because you're probably not going to do it in the Six Nations. Um, so overall, I, I like the team in terms. I think it's a good team. Um, it's not necessarily the team I would have picked, and I, I'm a little bit surprised to see it be so maybe conservative. Is the right word? Um, but yeah, the the I'm glad Bunny's in there. I'm just pretty happy that we're on the team. Yeah, yeah. Well, who would you have if you had one player to add to that team? Who would you have added? Um, I would have put Mac Hansen on the wing. No, that's that's a really biased answer. We so so. What's we'll your point? Well, yeah, as if that's a bad but, thing. But also, I, I probably would have started Rob Herring over Ronan Keller in a more, you know, um, let's say less wild choice. Um, I just think as well, like we, you mentioned Gibson Park earlier, and don't worry, I'll stop talking in a second. Um, you mentioned Gibson Park earlier, and like I think Gibson Park gets a bit of a bad rap. I think he's a really good player, and I think in a lot of other international setups, I think he has a lot to offer. What baffles me is that finally a player has taken the jersey from Conor Murray, and it's Gibson Park. Like, of all the nines we have in the country, John Cooney, who was the best nine in Europe at one point, couldn't take the jersey off Conor Murray, and it's Gibson Park who takes it off. Just on the Gibson Park thing, Sam, I'll get to you in a second. I thought I was the only person who... I like Gibson Park. I think he's a really uh, exciting player. Like, like, the many people that messaged me today being like, can't believe Gibson Park's in the team. And I had to respond being like, I actually like him. I think he's he's a, he's a rare attacking threat in a team that's not exactly like jumping out as attacking. And he definitely has a clangor in his locker. And that's the problem defensively. A bit like Lowe is, can be left, you know, wanting a bit more from him in certain in certain areas. But like he does stuff in games where you're like, no, like Conor Murray wouldn't do that, you know. No, in, in but a lot. I I do think that like that that's not the it's not that's not like the biggest shock that Conor Murray wouldn't do something ever so slightly more inventive or attacking. Conor Murray's brilliant, but you know Gibson Park is more attacking than Conor Murray and refreshing. Yeah, and I do agree with you. He's definitely refreshing when he's playing for Ireland, and he has the potential to speed it up. But like Westy said, you know you could have. Casey or Blade or Marmion or Cooney and any of these who are better than Gibson Park at the thing that Gibson Park is supposedly better at Conor Murray, better than Conor Murray at. So I think for me, it's like, I'm just. I, w- I would un- say Gibson Park is the best attacking nine that we have. I, I think that's crazy. I think that Marmion and Blade are both head and shoulders above them. Attacking, though, like pure attacking. Pure attacking, both no, of those I players. Would, I would disagree. I think Gibson Park's more, more no, attacking. No, both, both Marmion and Blade have the have the ability to break the line the same way that Gibson Park does. Can defend better. Oh, yeah, they I can defend better. I'm, I'm not defending well, that part. They, like, I think that they both have just as quick a pass. I think that like Blade has far more sniping ability. I think Marmion has just as attacking a brain. He like We've seen him this season. He, he, he links up an attack so well. He brings a player like Carty into the game who allows him to open up like that. I think that Gibson Park... Yeah, he, he can be attacking because he's allowed to with that unbelievably strong Leinster team. But I don't think he's anything special. I think that if you gave Leinster like on kind of bridal opportunity to sign one player, one position that they felt that they were weak at, I think it would be a scrum half. I think that they, they think that McGrath and Gibbs Park are probably their two weakest points in terms of like if you if you were giving them a chance to sign anyone, I think they'd go for a TJ Paranar or like a player of that caliber because I think that they are probably the weakest of what is a very, very strong Lancer team. I, I don't know. I think he gets a harsh rep a lot of the times. I think I think he's a really good... I think he's attacking-wise, I think he's really, really good. I think definitely, though, yeah, he has like defensive weaknesses in his game. I'm not denying that. I think Blade and Marion are better overall players, but I think... Westy, what do you think? A pure attacking-wise, Westy, who would you pick? you go Cooney, like, obviously. I asked Westy, <laughs> Sam. Pure attacking-wise? Um, well, you know, but I, I would say Cooney's strength is his playmaker ability. So like, you could take that as a, as a form of attack, yeah. But pure attack, I mean, I'd probably go Blade. Like, Blade around the fringes of a rook is so biased. dangerous. So biased. Well, I am biased. I'm 100% biased. And I this Irish team's that. biased. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, somebody's biased. Andy uh, Farrell's and biased. I agree with you. Like, I, I think if we were shopping for a nine, I'd be all for Gibson Park getting a good run of games together. I was all for it in the Autumn Internationals. I was happy enough to see him get a run. But it's just that, as, as Sam, Sam said a lot better than I said it, like, we, there are a lot of other nines who are like, better at the things that Gibson Park is good at than, than maybe he is. You know, 
okay, even if you say he's the best attacking nine, that's just saying you're the best attacking fullback and dropping every pass that comes your way. Like, you have to be able to do both to a decent level. Now, I'm not saying Gibson Park is that bad in defence, but when you can sacrifice maybe a little bit of attack for maybe the intelligence and kind of coordination of John Cooney or, um, you know, Casey and, and Blade, who are so quick, and Blade, who's that little bit more aggressive maybe than Casey with the ball in hand, or Marimian, who's so kind of strategic and with a, such a high work rate, like, Look, I'm I'm always gonna be biased about it, and I'm look, I'm I'm okay with them playing. It's just you know, I just think that it's as Sam said, it's not a position that we're necessarily weak in, um, and it, I think we've gone with maybe it's it's an exciting choice. It's more exciting than maybe the the the, the other nine that's there, but there are far more exciting options that are also available. By the way, your fullback who's really good at attacking and drops every ball. Just just mention Stockdale's name, will ya? The sly <laughs> sly dig, sly dig by West here. Ulster fans, Ulster fans, go after Westy. He was implying it. We all know he was implying it. Westy, Westy was in Andy Farrell's ear there, being like, "Drop all the Ulster lads, lad." <laughs> yeah. Uh, what a hot take for the podcast. Drop all the let's uh, remind me to mention Mac because we have to bring up Mac, but we're still on. We're, we're on this subject at the moment. A lot of the talk um, around the squad, obviously, is that the fact that there's only uh, two Connacht guys, one Ulster, and then a, a handful of uh, Munster, I think, whatever, I can't think off the top of my head. But uh, on the starting team, we've got 12 Leinster um, players, and then like pretty much everyone bar Bundy has played through Leinster at some stage, academy, schools, whatever like that. Here's my qu- like I understand that that can be aggravating. Here's my question, though. Um, Sam, I'll, I'll direct it to you. If I'm Andy Farrell, like, I couldn't give a crap who plays for who he's going to pick the players he wants to play like what do we want like there has to be four players from Connacht picked there has to be four players from Ulster like he's picking the best team he wants to and I this is not something that I necessarily always agree with but like he doesn't care what jersey the person represents right that, like people are not surely thinking that that's the case no uh, and there's, there's two there's two kind of trains of thought the first is I think there's a lot of misdirected anger at Andy Farrell for picking the team. Andy Farrell is going to pick the team that he thinks will win the game. And that's, that's irregardless of whatever, uh, whatever jersey they're wearing. I don't necessarily agree with some of his picks, but that's what he's doing. And he's not necessarily going out and putting on his blue tinted glasses. It does frustrate me the fact that the only iconic game he seemed to have been at this year was the one in the Aviva. He, you know, he doesn't tend to pick kind of players when they're on form and he's come out and said that and that that's one thing and that's but I do think that's misdirected anger and I think the misdirected anger is actually at the entire system that allowed that to become the case and you're seeing decades worth of neglect in the club game and in I'm going to say in air quotes because like rural Ireland non-Dublin Ireland non-Leinster kind of uh, rugby scene you're seeing a massive amount of neglect and underfunding and kind of reliance on volunteers and reliance on amateur uh rugby to go ahead where the school's game has been set up to push that kind of that that academy structure it allows for the privately educated people to go through a sub academy where they're not paid for a couple of years before they're old enough to be picked to play on an academy this was a brilliant uh interview i think it was on the the 42 with uh bernard jackman he talked about this and losing the odd player because they can't afford to just stand around and be professional rugby players and not paid for two or three years in this sub academy system but the majority of them can because they come through this private school system and that's why this has happened and the the anger at them all being leinster products is actually an anger at the system it's being directed at andy farrell because he's the coach picking the players now but it's where it comes from it comes from that happening for years and years and years and that's really really unfortunate and it's it's something that i do get angry about seeing like being a Connacht fan and we're looking at it and you're looking at you know two Connacht players and one Ulster player in there and you know the some of the Munster players that are involved came through the Leinster academies that's that's a really really frustrating thing to see on the other side of the coin you have the the entire system with in which there's a the centralized contracts and because Leinster had the most players on centralized contracts they have like more players involved in squads or all that sort of stuff and in an ideal world, you spread that wealth and you put a, a mandatory amount of centralized contract at all the provinces and you move players around quite similar to the way it happens in New Zealand, where players like Bowden Barrett don't have an issue with moving from Canes to Blues. And it happens all the time. There's They see an opening, they see a position, they go, you know, that team is good fit, that team, uh, like, I like playing for my boyhood team or whatever, but I also want to be playing regularly, I want to be playing first team and that needs to kind of happen more as well. So 
on the whole, the fact that it's all Leinster now is just a byproduct of years and years of neglect and a change of emphasis from what was a really, really strong amateur AIL kind of set up to a more schools orientated system, which has benefited Leinster hugely because of the private schools and the nature of the way Leinster rugby has worked. Yeah, I saw someone uh, tweet it and put it very well. Like it's, it's both things are true in the statement. It's like, you know, Leinster run things very well and they benefit from the system that's in it. Like both things are true. Like it's not one or the other your point on the central contracts like it's it's so easy to do you say like you know if each province has a couple you only got four teams like it's not hard this is not like you know 12 teams you have to try and spread the players across you've got four teams it's not hard to spread a couple of players across. like it just seems like such an easy fix but obviously like it's obviously not because it hasn't happened yet but like it's just frustrating like Westy how do you feel on this topic do you think that's do you think there's a bias here or is it as, as Sam said it's more of an issue with the actual system in Ireland I think there is there is, there is a system there is an issue about the system instruction that it does benefit one area because of geographical and socioeconomic circumstances there's, there's two points that we have to clarify before we start criticising this election Leinster are the best team in the country they are that's a fact and they also have the biggest catchment area by a country mile. A quarter of, or half the, what is it, half, a quarter of population live in Dublin alone, let alone in the province of Leinster. So it is going to be a case where they're going to have more players available to them. That's just a fact. And they have to come up with a system to funnel those players through. And they went with the school system. Um, I think to a certain degree, you, you can't really give out about players having gone through the Leinster, like say you say, Everyone on the team is either Leinster or has been to the Leinster Academy except for Bundy. You can't really complain about that. And then in the same conversation, say century contracts should be spread out because that is what's always going to happen. The area with the most amount of people is going to lose them to the other areas. That's just a fact. Um, whether or not, if anything, it should be celebrated that the, the likes of Byrne, the likes of uh, uh, Andrew Conway got in by going somewhere else. Like Tyg Byrne moved to Wales. I've moved to Wales. That is a grim decision you go through in your life. It's rock bottom. <laughs> Welsh Twitter are going to go. You've upset Ulster and Wales tonight, Westy. God. Westy, you played you played rugby in Cardiff and all. I played rugby in Cardiff. I lo- no, no. Yeah, and they, they nearly, St. Peter's. He nearly got short. called up to the Welsh squad. That's how bad rugby is over in Wales. <laughs> no, I had a great time in Wales. But it, it should be highlighted that these guys had to go to the Arctic Route because they couldn't go to Leicester. We should be celebrating the fact that like that is proof that that system will work. If we push players to their provinces, they'll get into the, to the squad. Um, I do think, and coming from like being from Connacht, there were years and years where nobody on the in the Ireland squads represented me. You know, where I was like, I definitely went to a patch of feeling a disconnect to the Ireland squad because we weren't involved in it. They didn't want any involvement with us. Um, so I understand people feeling hard done by when they don't see representation on the team. Um. You're 100% right in that Andy Farrell doesn't care what jersey you wear. The only reason that Andy Farrell cares about what jersey you wear is when he's thinking about the combinations of the positions. So maybe that is better. Maybe that's why we see Gibson Park get the nod above is because him and Sexton, in theory, play together more often, even though they don't. Sexton doesn't, <laughs> oh, play, Sexton doesn't play at all. What are you yeah, talking about? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, but that's in, in that, okay, we see like an all Leinster front row. I think that's a street decision and that these guys play together quite often. Um, an all Leinster back row. I also think it's kind of funny that he isn't able to not play somebody, you know, it's like everyone who played for the Lions has just taken an Ireland jersey, even though they didn't have an Ireland jersey before they went, you know? It's just like, oh, I was wrong, I'm going to start them now. Um, yeah, I think, I think, like, I don't I don't have a problem with the, the likes of Byrne and Conway coming through. I think that that stat about, like, having come through the Leinster Academy systems and stuff, I think that that's, like, Westy's right. You know, I, I want more players to come to Connacht when they're the fifth, sixth choice in Leinster, you know, fight for themselves. We've seen countless players come through and be really really top quality players for Connacht it's not that's not the issue I have more so it's 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 more the representation thing like Westy was saying you do feel a bit of a disconnect I'm, I'm unenthused about this squad outside of like you know Bundy and Finley like I'm excited about seeing the two of them playing but then you know I can be quite unenthused about it uh, and I think you've that stems it before, from it just like, being, you know I mean? it, it, it's, you've seen it before and it's just very Leinster orientated and that does make it, it, it makes it harder to be up for it. I think the, the Porter Kelleher furlong thing, I think I'd say if, if this was the All Blacks game, I think Herring's in and I think Herring is in next week. I think this is just more experience for Kelleher right now. Uh, whereas I think that you would probably have Herring in because this is both a mix of a strong team, but also a, it's one of your opportunities to try one or two people like, 
he's trying to play James Lowe into a bit of form by playing him now. You know, Conway as well. Uh, the biggest issue for me, the, the biggest kind of thing is, you know, Andy Farrell coming out and saying he doesn't pick on form, which I think, you know, to an extent that that's works. A, that's you, obvious. You need, no, but you need to pick the, the team that you think is going to win. But I also think that it gets to a stage where it's awkward and like players are just, you know, they're on so much form that they really need to just be, you know, that needs to be acknowledged, even if it just is to give other players the understanding that you can play your way back into this squad because it doesn't look like that at the moment. Oh, and I would have liked to see Balakun just because that would have been class. One hundred percent, definitely. That Balakun was one of the people I would have liked to see too. But um, maybe they're saving for the All Blacks game. He says, hopefully. <laughs> Alakun and Mac on the wing. Oh, love it, love it. I got uh, no, I got no hate about my Mac at ten theory. Uh, I was, I was hoping for a bit of backlash. You're losing no your, one, losing your touch, Sam. You're losing, losing your touch. touch. I, I need or maybe to, people I need are that. copping on to your gig. <laughs> yeah, people just <laughs> muted me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you lost a load of followers recently? Any <laughs> chance? Uh, another topic that was raised uh, through the media and through fans was the bench. Well, see, I think obviously. This is not Dan Sheen. Obviously, is going to make his first appearance. But like, per um, the average cap per player on that bench is sixty caps. So if you like sixty caps over the course of those that bench, that that's not really what you want from. I'm looking at the likes of O'Mahony, and again, this is nothing. Again, like O'Mahony's my favorite Irish player probably of all time. But like the O'Mahony, Murray, Keith Earls, Keane Healy, like players that have been around a long, long time. Like, are we benefiting from having players like that coming off the bench in a November international against Japan? Yeah, I, th- I think the key point is there that you said in a very international against Japan, you really benefit from a bench like that in a game against the likes of New Zealand because you can bring on so much experience. You can bring on real kind of established players who can change a game or, do, you know, not necessarily change a game, but bring a game back to their kind of way of playing. Um, yeah, it's it, like, first off, I'm glad Finlay is there. And, I, and unfortunately, I do think it's the right place for him. I think he's probably not the best um you know, he's, he's not better than Tyke Furlong as much as I'd love to sit here and say it, but I think he can offer a lot from the bench because he is a little bit more dynamic maybe and he is a, a powerful runner and, and a fit guy. Not that Tyke Furlong's not, but he can he can really bring that again from the bench as well. Um, yeah, I, I don't... What do you learn by bringing Peter Mantley off the bench? What do you bring by bringing Conor Murray off the bench? You don't. You're bringing Dan Sheen off the bench to get him game time, put him into an iron squad and see how he goes. But other than that, I think you're right. It's not, it's not a bench you want to see uh, against... I guess, yeah, I guess I don't want to say like Japan, to me, are a tier one team. They ran Australia pretty close in, in a very exciting game recently enough. Um, and they ran us relatively close. Well, I, although let's say it like a slightly less experienced Ireland team. Um, but it, it is, it's kind of, I think we said it at some point last season that an Andy Farrell selection kind of reeked of fear a little bit in that like, here's the one or two things I'm going to try. Um, and if they don't work, like I won't try anything again. Um, let's let's touch on that. So this is this is like I'm not a big fan of Farrell at the moment. I don't like his selections, but we also this is the beast that we've created as fans in Ireland. We don't look further than the next couple of games. We won't let him if he loses against Japan, loses against New Zealand, and say uh, lose against Argentina. He will be slated now. Albeit if he goes with selection like this, he should be. But if we went into this November internationals and we're like, if he let him do what he wants to do, results aren't that important in these November internationals. And like, let him like you know, your job is safe until the Six Nations, which it probably is regardless. But I'm saying the media and fans, we won't, we create this beast ourselves by not giving him the freedom to do what he wants. He will be slated for if he loses against Japan the weekend. The whole team will. Uh, and again, I'm not judging of this team, but if he went out with a team of youngsters, a team of uh, you know different kind of exciting players, play like the likes of Mac or whatever, just to see what they're like. He's like that will be criticised heavily. Then if they lose, like does that is that fair to say? I think it's fair to say in most cases. I think we on this podcast have always been very vocal about been willing to sacrifice an autumn international to win a World Cup or sacrifice the Six Nations to win a World Cup. I know we are in a sticky situation in Ireland squad where eighty percent of the revenue for RFU comes directly from the men's international team, so they need to keep winning. They can't risk losing fans, but. I also think like a coach would garner a lot of respect from even going out against Japan, picking a, a more exciting team and losing. Then like what happens if if Andy um I keep wanting to say Andy Friend is the first Andy on my mind, always. Uh if Andy Farrell picks what happens if this team loses to Japan? That, but that's, that's, you know, but that's there's no, no character possible to scapegoat it on. There's no 
like there's no scapegoat here. Like oh, it's Sexton, that'll be Helligan Sexton for the rest of his career. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, for the next ten minutes. Um, um, but yeah, so like, I, I think like there has to be a healthy middle ground somewhere, and I do think I do think if you're picking a slightly uh, more ex- even with the squad, right? The squad that was announced, like there was there, there's a lot of players there at relatively low caps, a lot of young players there. If they were getting more involved, I think people would be a little bit more willing to see a loss against Japan. If it was a good, exciting game, if we go out and play a, a boring brand of rugby and have Japan run all over us again, like that's that's when he's in trouble. Um, so I think you almost protect yourself by picking a wild card team. Like let's just go out and have a bit of fun. That's and that that would be my mind. At least like. Look at the pros and cons. We pick an exciting team, we lose. We still got to see an exciting team and get they got experience. Like if we lose against Japan on this Saturday, that's an absolute lose lose because we we're we're not seeing anything different and we've lost. Sam, is that like what do you think about it? Yeah, I actually, I was I'm saying I'm unenthused about the selection. I don't see the point in the selection he gave. I I understand it is probably at the moment the strongest available team uh, outside of maybe Herring and I think. Henderson as well I would have probably started if I was going for the strongest team if you're going for the All Blacks next week I think it'll be very similar but with Henderson and Herring and you know uh, that that's just the way it is but I just don't understand the point in that I, I think you know world rankings matter sometimes when you're looking to try and get the best draw in the World Cup we know what our draw in the World Cup is the Six Nations matters because you need that big revenue but this autumn international against Japan when you have New Zealand next week that yes you want to put a strong team out I think it was your opportunity to use some of these players the likes of a Frawley who we keep hearing is going to come in and do something I'm really excited to see what he can do the likes of a a Harry Byrne or a Carberry from the start to give them that experience that we've been told that they're in the squad for because they're not picking on form which is something that like Farrell has said in his press conference again He's reiterated that he's picking for with ideas of who can win the game and to build for the future. So if you're going to do that build and use the games, there's only three of them. And the All Blacks one is the one you don't want to throw Harry Byrne into because you don't want to toss him to the absolute wolves. So put Carberry in. Just give up the opportunity to definitely go out there and beat Japan, which you don't have anyway because Japan are a great team. But I just I don't really understand the, the entire thought process behind the selection. Uh, and I think the bench is just as kind of poor in terms of it being very strong, but it not being very imaginative. I think that there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of players there that really could have used the game time because we've heard that they're not being picked on form. They're being picked on their ability to, you know, be the best and also for their opportunities to build towards the world cup. So they should have been using this game because we don't have that America game that was supposed to be on last week that was canceled due to COVID protocols and all that. This was, the, this the other opportunity. Argentina is going to be another opportunity, but other than that, like it's Six Nations, and we know that we've been told that that's too important to risk. So this was it, and I, I just I think it was quite poor. And then I look through. I'm looking through the overall squad list now, not the not the the team. And there's there's players there. You're kind of going, what was really the point in that selection outside of you know being competitive in training? Like McCluskey, just it's 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 painful to say at this stage it's getting awkward like he's been in in around so many squads and he's clearly not in the plans so I think that that just needs to be ditched and they need to bring in someone that they do have in the plans because as of yet like what's he got six caps in however many training camps he's been involved in the squads he's been involved in that's just that's not really like fair on the people either like you know maybe Farrell kind of thinks that he has something but he's yet to really show it any prolonged period of time those caps are against like Italy and you know maybe, maybe Scotland. Like they're not. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like you, you bring not in big games. You bring in a McCluskey and a Frawley as your twelves in the rest of the squad, and McCluskey's clearly not in your plans because you've not used him in any of the other countless times he's been around. Put Frawley in twelve. See how he gets on. You know that would be at the expense of Bundy if I was to, like being serious. But you know I know what Bundy can do. I love the fact he's playing and he's going to be the one that I'm shouting the loudest for come Saturday. But. You know, if you were building towards the future, building towards the World Cup, building towards squad depth, you'd get someone like Frawley five, ten caps before the next World Cup. But that's not going to happen because you're not going to use these Japan sort style games. No, 100%. Yeah, we're, look, we're always going to have frustrations. James Lowe's selection. I think Farrell seems to like that option of a left-footed kicker. I think that's main, the main reason he's in there, Westy. Is that fair to say? Um, it's definitely one of the reasons he's in there. I mean, he he is a very strong ball carrier for Leinster. Um, you do have a left-footed kicker. Isn't Carberry a left-footed kicker? You could do... Zeebo. Wasn't that the... Zebo? Yeah, uh, so Zebo or fullback. You know, you can bring that in as your, as your left-footed kicker or, or on the wing, in fact. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I was reading an interview with um, Lowe earlier today and he was talking about how he was given a lot of work-ons and he did mention like the feeling of being dropped for the England game and all that and, and how he's going to work his way back in. Um, and I think that's all, all well and good. But again, I, I look, I haven't been watching Leinster that closely. Has Lowe played a lot of games for Leinster this season? He's played a few, yeah. He's, he's, he looked quite decent. His link-up play has been good. Like I've seen a, a lot of that offload and stuff. Uh, one or two but what I would ask there. is, has has he come back and worked on the defence, which is the main thing even he says that he was highlighted on for Ben Porat. So, well, uh, we'll, it, we'll see Saturday because he's up against one of the best the, attacking teams. The, the, <laughs> the big question, Wesley, I don't want to be interrupting you, sorry, but the big question for that is, can he work on his defence playing for Leinster? Like, that's that's one thing we've said about Le- Leinster players since we started speaking on this podcast yeah. over a year ago. It's like, can they work on being under pressure? And it's not really, no. They find themselves under pressure, um, you know, not very often because they are such a dominant team. Because their forwards are always, well, not always, but usually so dominant that their backs get clean ball and get good attack and play. Um, I think that is something that Lowe will struggle with against Japan. Um, I'd like to see him have a good game, but I mean, he's going up against, in my opinion, one of the most exciting players in Europe. Well, fullback, but um, Matsushima, I'm so excited to see him play against us. Japan have Kazuki Himino at number eight pulled out last minute before the summer game. And I, I said it on Twitter, I said, we, they bloody missed them. Um, so I think they will, their, their link-up play was phenomenal against uh, Australia the other week. They, their attacking threat comes from every possible angle. Uh, and just when you think you've seen all of them, they find a new one. So it will be a real test flow. It will be a real test for Gibson Park. These guys who have had defence been criticised so much in that I don't think we've seen evidence of a change there. Now, look, again, not privy to training. We don't see what goes on behind closed doors. And I'm, I'm willing to, I'll be the first one to say, well done, if, if they have improved in, in their defense. But again, as I say, you say about not picking on form. If you're not picking someone on form, how do you know they've improved in an area you ask them to improve on? That's, it's a, it's a mad thing in my head to say. Like, not, like obviously, some, some areas, but like, there's a lot of players in this team where you're like, they're not in good form. But we'll, we'll, look, we'll move on from uh, selection because we could be here all day. Let's th- we have to talk about Johnny Sexton. Like we, we've been obviously criticising him on this podcast for a long time now, but it's his 100th appearance for Ireland. I think we have to obviously give credit where credit's due. Uh, Sexton has been a phenomenal player throughout his career. 100 caps for your country is always a great achievement no matter who you are. I saw Bowden Barrett for All Blacks there last week. Uh, Sexton, to me, obviously this debate of, or not debate, but this slander of O'Gara on Twitter recently uh, brought up the debate of O'Gara versus Sexton to me it's I mean we were talking about this in the WhatsApp group Sam and you made good points you know comparing eras is like it's pointless and every sport does it because you, you can't do it but like to me Sexton was by you know definitely a more complete rugby player better rugby player at his peak uh, like Sexton was you know and was the best 10 in the world for a year or two like there's no doubt about that like we obviously you wouldn't think we would think this from some of our comments on this podcast but that's only in the last year or two like Sexton has been phenomenal. What a phenomenal career, Sam. Like, like I know it's gonna be tough for you to say some nice stuff here, but like we we have to try and do it. It won't be enough tough at all. No, like because he's he's been a fantastic player. Like I grew up in Dublin. I went to Leinster games all throughout two thousand three, four, five. Back when they were playing in Donnybrook, I was there. He scored drop goal, uh, in the semi final. Was it? I can't remember. Remember, but uh, you know he came on. Contemporary going off injured. Like I I I used to go to Leinster games growing up. But that's I've moved to Connacht. I've been in Galway for ten years, and I've just grown a bit of a disdain towards Leinster since then. Uh, just the, the manner in which they run things and stuff, and that's a uh, that's it's it's not hard to hate someone <laughs> like it's like the heel in in uh, WWE, you know. When someone, yeah, it's a sports heel. It's not a real. That's hit. what I mean. Like yeah, but no, like he's he's been phenomenal. I had O'Gara in my my all time Ireland fifteen when we did during lockdown, uh, and I stand by that. Like growing up, just for O'Gara was. He was like he took the, the reins off Humphreys, and I just I thought he was just the coolest guy. I thought he was just unbelievable at rugby, uh, and his his brain was amazing. And he I think he revolutionised himself, and Wilkinson kind of revolutionised uh, playing the ten role. But no, Sexton has been phenomenal, and to kind of come onto the scene, you know, not as early as the likes of Harry Byrne and stuff, where people are like, "Oh, get him in! He's twenty one. He's almost too old." Like, and you know, Sexton was twenty four, twenty five before he really started to kind of cement that place down but that gave him a maturity to come in he was he, he there was a loop play that he used to do just religiously everyone knew it was coming but it still worked every time and he's, he's been brilliant he's been a serious servant for ireland but uh i think you know I, I i don't want to like sour this kind of uh complimenting him by saying that i personally feel like you know 
he's he should be a bit part player from now or from two years ago really because he's just his health hasn't been there he's not played enough for Leinster and we're talking about trying to parachute in players in the next two years to try and get them ready for a World Cup and the way to do that is to reduce the workload Sexton gets even if it even if he's still technically the most gifted out half there that's that's not how like long-term planning works you you need to have like dovetailing periods of time where you know there's one there's two there's a sex and O'Gara there's O'Gara there's Humphreys there's two there at the same time at the moment it's just not happening so like you have to commend him 100 caps he'll probably get to 120 odd probably by the end of his career if he does see it out until the World Cup and that's a phenomenal feat you know it's unbelievable for someone who also has had the injuries he's had he's been out long periods of time he's had lots of concussions he's had you know various different injuries it's, it's amazing to see the resilience there but you know yeah you have to pay fair play to him uh, personally would have preferred to see Carberry getting a bit of game time this this weekend but sure why not get your 100 cap this week get injured and not be able to play the All Blacks next week oh god well, you said all these nice things then you finish on that have Jesus. to be better man have to be better Westy do you have anything to add to that or um, yeah I mean it's like he's definitely a player worthy of 100 caps for his country um, completely changed the way we play a 10 in Ireland um, so much so that our game is, is really built around his style of play or at least our game has been built around his, his style of playing capabilities for so long um, amazing servant Leinster rugby multiple league and Heineken Cup titles to his name multiple Six Nations Grand Slams like the, the CV is is you can't argue it and he is still on his day the best 10 in the country Um Again, like I'm so happy to see him involved in the squad, and I want to see him stay involved in the squad. When I was reading, I was listening to an interview. I think it was on Off the Ball a few months ago with the former Leinster player who was saying, "You can't turn around to a player like Johnny Sexton and tell him you're still the best, but I'm going to pick somebody else ahead of you." And that is, I think, to me, that's the attitude that's wrong in Irish rugby. It's like that is exactly what you should do. You have the best player. You know how good he's going to play. He's not playing regular rugby. Let him play regular rugby while we find out what else we can do. You're not going to find a better Johnny Sexton than Johnny Sexton. You need to adapt a game plan around the 10s that you have available. And we don't use the opportunity to do that the way we should. I, I hope that Johnny Sexton does make it to the next World Cup. I would love to see him take, I love to see him take on a mentorship role within that squad and help mold these other 10s into his jersey. But I do worry that we're going to end up in a situation where like Sexton is really still the only option that we have at 10. Um, and I would love it. I would love to see him go to fire. I'd love to see him play into his 30s as he wants to. It's just not a thing that happens very often with 10s. Um, but an amazing servant. To the, like, we are criti- we're critical of... We're not, I'm not critical of Sexton. I'm critical of the way Irish rugby is using Sexton. I don't think it's best for anybody involved. That said, amazing servant to, to Irish rugby. As long as he wants to keep playing, let's keep playing him. But the train it stops at some point. Again, a similar team with Irish rugby. Very short-term thinking when it comes to Sexton, but that seems to be the way it goes. But like, just West, you're saying, you know, you, you can't turn around to a player like that. He said that he, he read an interview and you can't turn around to a player. How many All Blacks, how many 30, 40 capper All Blacks are dropped just kind of, you know, mid-highlights of their career and end up moving away to France and stuff to get the payday? And it's just this next man up and it's you get someone coming in like a Bowden Barrett who has a rough time of it for a little bit, but then... Part, like just excels and then you know, see you see Bowden Barrett is kind of they think undroppable and then Rich Moanga shows up like that happens when you you let other players come through and you, you build that and I know like those are phenomenal players and New Zealand have a, a conveyor belt of phenomenal players but I do think that like Westy said like, you do have to have a long-term dovetailing plan where you do drop him for significant periods or, or just not drop him but just relieve him of his duties for significant periods and allow other players to actually get a run of games you can't say Ross Byrne, Harry Byrne, Carty, Carberry. Oh, they, they've not been good enough in their nine caps. It's like, Sexton wasn't great in his first nine caps. That's what happens. Like, that's, yeah, that's the thing that keeps getting thrown back at yeah, the other players. Uh, but look at France. Like, France have Halliburton and Entomac. And, like, instead, like, if that was Ireland, Halliburton would just be sitting on the bench, you know, kind of rotting away. But no, they've, they've, they've adapted and moved. They're playing like, 10 12 now at the weekend. Yeah, I know. And Dupont at nine. Like, that uh, v, like that backline is sick. You think about, like, uh, a, a Cooney Sexton or Cooney Carty Sexton, 9 10 12. Oh. Yeah, there you go. That uh, Irish rugby is just incapable of thinking that way, unfortunately. But Westy, you looked like you were going to say something. 
Could go Cooney, Carty, Sexton, Carberry. Carberry a fullback. Oh, yeah. we're getting to alliteration yes. of Astro. And there's a, there's loads of chat at the moment. It's the new it's the new Le Petit General is the second playmaker. Everyone is chatting yeah. second playmakers. I'm thinking three playmakers. Why not? Like the the Pierre. Well, let's start an entire house. team of tens. How about Burns, Carthy, Sexton? Who wins? You're, ben you're, you're not gonna. You're Westy. not gonna finish. Who wins? Cooney, uh, <laughs> Carberry, Connor Fitzgerald, and uh, Kieran Frog. Who wins, Westy? Right, a team of tens or a team of ones? <laughs> ones. Ones. Tens, definitely. Just stuff it up the jumper. Just you know what I mean. Just four hundred phases. Uh, untouched it, w- it would be fa- let's try and organise that can we organise that yeah I'd say uh, let's talk about the main talk of point of the week none of this Irish bullshit Mac Hansen called up to, to the Irish. Uh, oh, I, I called w- it I, w- I went for his second call up so that we can say a return of the Mac because obviously it's first you can't but um, we'll, we'll, let's get stuck into that for a little bit so uh, one of the questions that I came in on Twitter was what well, is he selected just to kind of keep him out of the Oz squad because obviously that's one of the reasons possibly that he was selected because Australia might come knocking let's kind of get him in play a bit, a bit what Wales are doing with uh, Bradley Roberts um, from Ulster kind of like he's available let's get him in let's cap him at least then he's ours we can worry about him later Westy are we looking at that as, uh, that seems to be like, the smart thing to do there with Mac I, I think that's an intelligent move and maybe a strategic move that, that is considered when it happens. I I do think his form is kind of undeniable, although it, it is only in four or five games. I think he was definitely brought over with an eye on him because he is Irish qualified. Players like that are going to have that little bit of extra attention paid to them because it is somebody you can, you know, you can involve quite quickly. You don't have to wait five years. You don't have to wait the three years that you used to have to wait. Um, I don't think it's the reason he's there. I don't, I'm, I can't be that cynical to say, oh, we should have cap him so the Aussies can't have him. Piss on their parade. But I, I'd say that 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 um, topic was broached where it's like he's clearly a very creative player. He's, you know, been so good for Connacht uh, over the last few weeks. Let's get him in a squad and see if he fits in. And, you know, if, if we can cap him straight away. We can have him for years if we cap him now. Whereas if you wait two or three years and you know, Brumbies or Queens and Reds come knocking with a better contract or Australian rugby come knocking with a better contract, then you do lose them quite quickly as well. Yeah, I think, like, it's not a bad thing to, you know, you're saying cynical, it's not a bad thing for an Irish squad to be like, here's a guy who could be very fruitful for us, let's just get him in even though, because I think, and like I've been, we're obviously massive fans of Mac, but like it is a four or five game sa- sample size, which is you know you can have a purple patch and then um, hopefully he won't. But do you know what I mean? If, he, I, I feel he like just take up rugby when he moved here. Like he he was close. No, to I know, but I feel like, it, like Brumbies were raging when he left. I was looking at their fans' Twitter and they were all very very disappointed. Said that he was close to an Australian call up before that, and the IRFU and they don't run every con- Connacht transfer on their. Uh, page but when we signed them they were they were tweeting Irish qualified Mac Hansen signs for Connacht like it was it was in the it was in the idea that they wanted him they brought him over for that reason outside backs weren't top of our priority list but the opportunity was there for both a brilliant player to play right across the back line who was also Irish qualified yeah but I feel like if uh, a guy from Australia came over to Munster and had four good games and was straight into the Irish squad I feel like we'd be sort of like saying like this is a bit quick that's all I'm saying yeah, but you, you look at, I know it's it's a different situation, but you look at the likes of Zebo. he was brought back with the intention of coming to Ireland. It was ha- it was semi-paid uh, for by the Irish team, and that's what that's what happens. Like, Ireland are involved in the contract negotiations of all the players that the provinces bring in. And, you know, they were aware of him. He was on the radar. He was doing well for Brumbies, and they went, this guy's Irish qualified, we'd like him. Come here, hopefully he hits the ground running, which he has. So I think that he was probably in the idea or in the wider kind of viewing of the coaching ticket from day one and they were like we'll keep an eye on him Australia have lifted their rule on the the 60 cap rule you know you see the likes of Kobe Finger getting called up even though he's playing in France that wasn't allowed before but I think that they want to kind of cash in on the Will Skeltons and that sort of things maybe it accelerated it but I, I like I don't believe that the Irish squad called him up just off the back of four good games because he has had four brilliant games and I wanted him in and I've been saying it but you know, he's been in their in, in their mind. They know he exists and they've seen what he can do and they, they, they brought him over for a reason. Yeah, I just I'm just I just think that it's 
I don't know if it's cynical. I mean, all right, but maybe the fact that he plays for Connacht as well, I'm very cynical when like, yeah. I see someone getting called up there, Scott. That for, but like that's to me that would be just smart business. That's all I'm saying. If I was any far, oh, like, I don't, I don't think we're going to see Mac Hansen feature for Ireland this November. I do. I think if they bring him into the squad because of, you're saying you want to cap him, then you cap him. You put him in the Argentina game, you get him on the pitch. If you're doing it, what's the point in bringing him up when he should be on his holidays? That that's the most Irish rugby thing to do is to bring him up and then not play him. <laughs> Yeah, he could be released think, next week if Henshaw's back. No, but I think if you have that situation, like you've said, he's been brought up because you have to kind of cap him if you want to stop the Aussies getting to him. Uh, well, then you do that and you you play him. And he's also his, I know Farrell's not picking on form, but his form warrants it. Like Zebo has touched the ball about four times this season. He's in his squad. Zebo's played for Ireland. Zebo's not a good comparison. Zebo's played for Ireland. No, but this Zeebo, guy is but I'm brand new. No, no, but Zebo's played for Ireland. A, a previous incarnation of Zebo has played for Ireland, but Zebo was off in France playing completely different style of rugby in different position that he played and that he has been playing for Munster this year. So I'm saying in terms of comparison, who do you bring up if you're picking on form? Mac Hansen is the form winger in the country at the moment, and I think that he gets in. On another note, this is just a conic side of things. Australia are now picking from outside of Australia. Uh, it likes Kobe Fienga and they want the Will Skelton. John Porch, you could be looking at him getting called don't up. even mention it you could though and you could be looking at him getting called up and then tempted away like he's out of contract this year i think the mac getting called up for ireland is great for connacht because it looks like he could stay for longer or he will stay for longer if he's called up and if he's a regular for ireland you know and you'd be worried about another province trying to cash in on him but how long was his deal Sam? Two years. do you know mac hansen two, two years. years yeah but you'd, you'd worry like that you know he might someone else might try and poach him if he is an irish regular you know a monster i know that's where his mom is from cork but uh you know australia i think australia could be sniffing around the likes porch he's, he's a solid player he can play the back three positions he's brilliant he's try scorer he's great defensively he's brilliant in the air and if they're picking from outside of australia they can pick him once or twice and then entice him back to australia when his contract runs out at the end of the year so personally i don't do want it to us. happen he wouldn't do it hopefully to us. not now you better be open your call of duty game and making sure that you stay the call of duty game is getting worse sam it's getting oh. worse i haven't played with him in a while but the the two the few times i did play with him portrait is ridiculously good at call of duty by the way like sick at call of duty which is annoying you think he's a good winger you see him play call <laughs> you of duty. You see him shoot motherfuckers in the face he is really good at that too and i was over there like just being massacred by everyone around me and it just, no, not, just like, just like, I'm not terrible, but like him and his mate Sam uh, Myers, who plays over in Russia, both of them are just like really, really good at the game, and it's annoying. Do you know what I mean? To be good, to be good at one thing and then to be good at another is just unfair. You know, you can't be good at both, in my opinion. Uh, well, actually, I'm bad at both, but uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm the opposite of it. Uh, but no, it's it's a good point. Um, someone just tweeted me actually. Uh, New Ireland should win by 10 plus. I don't know what New Ireland means. Maybe now Ireland should win by 10 plus. Uh, are we expecting Ireland to beat Japan West Eve this weekend? Yeah, I think we are. Um, I think I, I think this is re- almost a full strength Ireland against a, a almost full strength Japan. I think we still should be expecting us to beat them. I think you do have to look at the fact that they've only played one game since they played us last summer. Um, now, there's to a lot of other international teams, that would be a major, major con. But for Japan, they do spend so much time together as a team unit. Like uh, Jamie Joseph does so much with them as a, as a squad that it, it is almost a benefit for them in having that time together. Um, I just think, I think it's in Dublin. It's, you know, it's a it's a strong Ireland team. Our provinces are all going well. Most, um, you know, we're, we're in a pretty good shape. Yeah, I, I don't get me wrong. Like there'll be a little bit part of me I can't deny. There'll be a little part of me that would love to see Japan win. I I love the way they play and I love it when it works for them. Um, it's fantastic but, to watch in full flight. No doubt about yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, I'll have. I'll be wearing the Ireland jersey and the Japanese headband. Don't you get me wrong. I'll have both. Tweet a picture of that, there. please. I will indeed. Um. But I'm really excited to see them play. I think, again, with a team like Japan, we've said a lot of times, especially as Khan fans, that the performance matters a little bit more than the result. And I think that's kind of where Japan are as well. They need to keep playing this amazing style of rugby and keep building on their performances and adding to it. I think that is um, what they're going to be doing in Dublin. I think that if you look at the game against Australia, their, their mall defence was very poor. And that is an area that Ireland are particularly strong and particularly off a line And I think that's where we're probably going to resort to when we need to get that extra 10 points in the last 10 minutes to kind of put us out of, uh, you know, uh, out of reach for them. 
Um, but yeah, I, there's no way you can write them off. And even you can see in the interviews and stuff, Irish players are giving them the lip service saying, oh, we're not underestimating them. We're not looking past them, the All Blacks. We swear we're giving them the respect they deserve. And maybe it's a little bit, uh, you know, the lady does protest too much a little bit. But, um, you know, there's a reason people love to see Japan come to town. It's a wonderful side of rugby. It's not a foregone conclusion, but we, we should be expecting to beat them. Sam, what are, you, what, are you, what are you looking for from Ireland this week? What would you like to see? Um, what I would like to see is kind of irrelevant considering the team that was picked, which is unfortunate. And it sounds, it sounds downhearted. Uh, and I don't want to sound too downhearted because I'm going to the game and I'm really excited to go to the game. But uh, I wanted to see new combinations. I wanted to see some uh, kind of opportunities for younger lads or for less capped lads to get their game time and that's not really going to be the case so what I want to see with the team that's there is I want to see a Bundy hat-trick obviously because you know how it is uh, you're not asking for much it's good to see no I'm not asking for four or five just just, just a hat-trick <laughs> uh, what's the record for tries in a game uh, but uh, one of the Scottish lads scored four the other day wasn't it uh, on his debut I think Kyle Stain yeah. was it or uh, Rufus McLean I can't uh, remember one got two one got four yeah no I'd like uh, I'd like to see I'd like to see just a little bit of a carry on of kind of some of that rugby we saw during the summer, which is a bit more expansive, a bit more playing away from the one up hits or the kind of the, the really telegraph style that we've kind of seen. Wesley said, you know, the big emphasis on the, the line out and the set piece. I'd like to see Kelleher really solid up and shore up because I think that that's why I would still pick Herring above him for the All Blacks is because that Kelleher is just that little bit more sketch at that side of things. So, you know, the likes of himself, uh, she and getting on, getting a bit of game time, being secure and being set up and, you know, them all working because if if you're going to have to maul teams and you're going to want to play that way, you might as well get really, really good at it. So, uh, yeah, just, just seeing a little bit more inventiveness, a little bit more excitement, you know, the likes of Lowe and Conway proving their point, proving why they're being picked, you know, getting into a bit of form, because if you're going to play them when they're so off form or, or, or out of form, uh, that needs to be backed up, I think, by a good good uh, showing. And then, yeah, just a, a, a decent wedge of time for Carberry, because I don't want to see 10 minutes at the end of the Japan game and then five minutes at the end of the All Blacks game. I want to see half an hour. I want to see the second half. I, I want to see a good portion of time. I want to see him running it. I want to see him running it when he has the back line, the starting back line, not the higgledy-piggledy Keith Earls coming in 13 and Connor Murray coming in on the wing and Peter O'Mahony on the other wing sort of thing. I want to see him running the back line. So, that, That's the best point we've made in this podcast. Like we, That has to stop. That Somebody getting two minutes at the end of the game, like it has to stop. We have to stop being afraid to make changes. I don't know ahead. if you heard though, Wesley, but Craig Case said that 70 seconds he got, he learned so much. <laughs> <laughs> he learned so hey, much you know, they, you know, what I've said to every girl I've ever dated <laughs> 70 <laughs> seconds in heaven 60 seconds in heaven oh, that would have been a good punchline but Sam cut across you there god mm-hmm. damn it Sam comedic timing come on um, no we'll leave it there boys we'll wrap it up um, yeah two years are off to the game so enjoy it uh, if you do see the lads, obviously go say hello. No one yet has still ran their hair or head or hand through Westy's hair, should I say? Uh, probably don't because he might have COVID. So maybe leave it off this weekend. <laughs> I just don't touch Westy this weekend if possible. I'd be off for people not touching me most weekends. That's yeah. okay. I think that's you, act, that... you act like it's your choice, Westy. I think that's something. I think that's something that came from COVID. That's very good. Is that you know people don't randomly rub you in the face anymore. Yeah. Depends how I drunk can't you count are. the amount of times someone has licked my face. That was me. You know? I had a very big problem in college of doing that. Like, there's just so <laughs> many photos of me licking people's faces. Can't do that anymore. No, I think that's, nope. again, probably a good thing, Sam. Probably a good thing. I don't know. Countless, countless Facebook profile photos of me licking people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right, we'll leave, it up. we'll leave it there, boys. Thanks again for listening. Thanks again, boys, for coming on. Uh, we'll be back next week to recap, hopefully, an Ireland win against Japan. So we'll catch you then, boys. Bye. See you, lads.